Here's the thing. There's nothing special about a 200th episode. We just keep going. Let's go. Speed it up. Let's go. All right. It is to summer WTDG. This no, it's not summer. Week. It's not summer. Happy birthday, James week. It was summer early, early HBD for you, James. Uh, you guys aren't taking this episode seriously enough. I, did, I, you know, did, you, did you know? Did you know? Did you know? That on this podcast, the podcast of podcasts, April Pod the 16th be with you. Episode number two hundred of two. the podcast. Oh, two hundred! Wait a minute. Kirby told me that it would probably be episode two hundred this week, and I did not believe him last week. And you're telling me that it's true. Um, what, why did you think I told you that? I don't know. I thought you were just guessing, or I thought you were just making. I thought you were messing with me because it's so important. It's so wild. We have to. We have to be on harder. We have to hit stronger than we've ever hit. I thought you were making a joke about my age. What would that joke have been? Can you elaborate? Um, that I was old enough to live the thousands of lives that one could live by listening to 200 episodes worth of WTDG podcast, where we not only give to you the lives of three wonderful hosts, but also the lives of characters and a life of art. A life of art is a life well lived. That is correct. And I would say that episode 200, it's worth celebrating. Uh, I've been reading all the preview articles. For for what? For this podcast? Yeah. What what are people saying that we're going to talk about this episode? I got to know. I got got a couple ideas of what it's going to go like. Well, what are, are, I want to hear the, the, uh, the scoop on the street, the buzz around town. What are people saying that on this on this very momentous podcast uh, that we're going to talk about? What's what? Do, what do people think is on the docket, and then we can swerve away from that? I don't understand. This is too confusing. I thought we were just here to talk about sports. There's going to be constant references to the number two hundred. Okay, and you're going to find that each chapter of the podcast is two hundred words. Exactly. Exactly. Count them up. Count them up. Count them up. Starting now. This this word that I'm saying right now, those words, all those words are be, are beginning to be the first chapter in this podcast. And as Mason said, we are uh, first and foremost a sports podcast. Uh, we made that very sure in the podcast that isn't up yet that I'm trying to edit. It's almost fully edited about uh, with, that Tron and I did. There was about ball mages. Um, and then this week, I think, episode 200, we swerve and we swerve hard. We are not talking about... We're Originally, we're what's the deal with games? And by games, I mean sports games. Sports, physical P sport games. Basketball, baseball, lacrosse, hockey, shuffleboard. 
uh, cricket. Um, the 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 Speed one ball. the one where they they uh, they they throw that little puck. They uh, and curling. That's it. Curling. They do curling. Uh, usually we talk we talk a lot of in depth curling action news around curling action news views around the world. And this episode we are swerving, but we're gonna stay on kind of the overall podcasts uh arc and we're not going to talk about p games we're going to talk about e-games and esports yeah. well i'm mostly, ready to drop but, in i'm ready to drop but right maybe in we talk about some other stuff too some some not p sports uh i'm not allowed to say p tabletops that's the word. No, those are P games as well. I mean, those are that's like one of the things we usually talk about. You know, like I was watching on ESPN the Citadel's Grand Finals. Some of the best sportsmanship you've you ever lying? seen. What? Are you lying? Mm, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm a. No, I mean, I, I'm real? telling. I'm telling you honestly. Yes, I was being facetious. But for the record, and for the uh, podcast, um, and my character. Uh, I am not lying. I was watching Citadels on ESPN. ESPN for um, Go, Counter Strike Go channel. ESPN what? ESPN for uh, four colon, out of how many? ESPN four out of twelve uh, colon uh, uh, Go, and then after that colon Counter Strike colon Go. I love how far separated they are from just ESPN because. Well, because I guess that's not where video games don't go on ESPN proper. They go on ESPN for go. I don't even get Honestly, it because isn't ESPN the eSports network? I consider myself a P-top and I don't really understand what you guys are talking about with this ESPN stuff. I'm a P-bottom. Huh. You so like you're a, games you okay, sit underneath um, the table? I sit underneath the table. And you organize I just take it. Really all the for everyone. <laughs> vernacular why is it too offensive to get into uh tabletop gaming vernacular are you offended are you a snowflake liberal are you triggered are you triggered I when i talk about, about tabletop gaming and one of you being a p-bottom p-bottom is a traditional it's a board right. game. it's a uh, traditional board gaming uh position you got p-tops okay. and you got p-bottoms kirby did you last week talk about how bad you are with money well, um i may have mentioned it at some parts of money he's great at spending it which hey okay so i got my tax return so everyone can can get off my monkey's back he got his tax return what does that really mean i got i got one thousand three hundred dollars for uh with my just my federal alone that money's gotta go you should adjust your withholdings that money has got to go did you get a state return uh, I did get a state return. The state return was like two hundred fifty something, but I haven't gotten it yet. From? Where where do I think the state comes yeah, from? I, the the Grimwald I, Bank, the the goblins wait, and the you, gnomes. How'd you snag it for real? How'd I snag all that state money? The state owes me after I did that last job for them, but I can't talk yes. about that. Dude, I got zero on that. I got a few hundred. I got like way more on my state. You know what? I've I I've been thinking my guy is no good. Who's your guy? My guy is named TurboTax. Look, I've been doing my taxes for four years by myself, and I gotta say, no good. You know, I'm not getting that secret money. 
that state money, that special ops money, that black ops money, that Kirby money. Well, when's the last time you did a special operation for the state? When's the last time you assassinated a, a, a high-ranked target? I befriend them. Okay, well, then there you go. Don't wait. What do you mean? You can't when you put down on your tax returns that the state told you assassinate a leader of state, and then you went and befriended them. You did exactly the opposite. Well, I didn't. I didn't spec an assassination, and they should know that. Well, one of the things that goes along with the choice of specking an assassination or befriending is that with befriending, you have a larger friend group, but and you can possibly go into the the trade uh, uh, talent tree. But with the assassination talent tree, it's less about gathering the friends and more about solo resources, which is why the state has to give you money back. Well, you know what? I only have 200 friends to choose from, and that's all 200 episodes of WTDG Podcast times two to three, depending on... And you know who those friends goes. are? Yaganiski, 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 200 times. And Mac Catalog. And the, the, the J-Mac. Yeah. All right. So you got back, uh, let's say, you know, fifteen hundred dollars. What percentage of that went to board games or, or P board games game singular? Um, P sport. Well, James, since you're asking um, a lot, uh, because do an over under. Uh, let's play over under right now. Well, well, James, James I, I wish James had phrased it in a way that would make me look less terrible. Like if he had said, because he said to game in general, but if he board gaming in general, uh, but if he had said one specific game, the number would be terrible. But he said board gaming in general, and unfortunately, James had uh, put me onto this Kickstarter game that I thought was already out, and wait it a, wasn't. Wait a minute. And so I kickstarted that, and then I started looking around, and I may have kickstarted another thing, and <clears throat> so. And then I got onto eBay and, uh, dude, eBay because, well, because of, well, after I bought kingdom death, which was before I got my tax return and before the Kickstarter mistakes I made, um, uh, hmm, well, hold I, I want to, wow. Okay. I got to ask a question real quick before you go on, because I need to contextualize this for myself. Contextualize it ahead. Really go, and freaked out. So last week. You told me about how you spent four hundred ish on yeah. Kingdom Death, right? Kingdom Death Monster. So, but James wasn't there, so he wouldn't have known if you didn't tell him yourself. So, I'm wondering if these James was the first to know. I talked to him about it when I was starting to get interested. That I kept like, you know, in my mind, I kept thinking about it. And I was like, maybe you could buy it. Maybe you could buy it. Maybe you could buy it. And I was talking to him about it. And so we both that was the it was... only thought. It was the same thought the whole time. There was no counter thought. There was no, no there's no like... counter thought. I mean, it was just a it was a constant stream of like a wave of. Okay, so <clears throat> this is true. Uh, I kept I kept thinking about maybe you should buy it. I decided no, I won't buy it. Um, I get home on Sunday night, possibly two Sundays ago, I believe, and uh, I was that true? No, it would have been like last Sunday, I think. So, uh, also, you ask me throughout the whole time, should I buy it? And I say, no, do not buy it. Do not buy it. Do not buy it. He thought you should recreate it yourself by handcrafting the models out of clay print and, and printing, printing, yeah, out, printing out the cards. Yeah, print them out on copy paper and cut them, cut them out. It's a fun little project. It lets you bond with the characters, which is something we talked about last week. 
But one weekend but you come home and, and what happened? Last Sunday I came home oh, God. and I'm Here's watching. I just figured out. James already knew you spent $400 on a board game and he's calling you out for spending your tax return on board games. That means there's more board games. This is what happens when Ryan doesn't have a digital bullshit card game that he could just dump endless amounts of money into. Are you saying this is this is because of Blizzard? This is because of Hearthstone's mistakes? This is, so you fill up your actual real shelves with your shame instead of filling up your digital shelf. Yeah. So um, I get home last Sunday, and uh, I'm still watching this one uh, Kingdom Death campaign by these people on YouTube, um, Beasts of War, I believe. And um, you got to give them a shout out if you're watching it. I. I'm like, we you have know, to, we I'm have thinking, I'm, I'm drinking, obviously, there's alcohol involved, and I'm thinking, how long, if I bought Kingdom Death, how long would it take Kingdom Death to get to me? Um, so I go onto the, the Kingdom Death uh, website, and uh, the base game, 1.5, is for $400. Um, so I, I, I hit the buy, and uh, first thing it asks is, like, my shipping address, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to put in my shipping address. I'm going to, uh, uh, then the next thing it asks is for my credit card. Uh, so I put in my credit card and I'm thinking the third step is going to be Amazon style. Like, okay, we're going to tell you, uh, how far you're going to go, but I'm also kind how, uh, how long it'll take before you like confirm the purchase. Um, I am drinking and I'm thinking like, you know, just slowly kind of going along with this process. And I, before I know it, I'm just kind of like putting in my card. Like, I want to see how far this hat that I get with this before it tells me how, uh, when I get it, and then I hit the next the, that that but the button after that, and it's just like you bought it, and I was like, "Oops, I bought it." I don't believe you. That's how it happened. No way. That's how you it happened. You were so comfortable with that because you would have found it if anyways. you were looking for an excuse. I'm not saying that there was a mistake on the website or that I should have known. I'm just, I, I mean, like I was willing in here, but but I was going from thing to thing, like gambling, like how far can I get in this process before they tell me how long it'll take for me to get it if I did, in fact, buy it. And then before I knew it, I did, in fact, buy it. And uh, did they ever tell you? Um, yeah. The next morning I got a notification that it would arrive Thursday that week. Um, it did, in fact, arrive Thursday. Uh, I got it. I wasn't able to play yet. Uh, I podcasted with Sean, and I had only kind of like I spent a couple hours putting together some of the minis from it because the minis come disassembled. Why? Why is that? Is it just too much? Why? Because they couldn't fit in the box. Like no, they would the absolutely not fit in the box because there's tons and tons of stuff. But there's also a high element of like customizing Wait, the survivors. So like your like they come with these armor kits where you can paste on to base armors and stuff like that wait, uh, wait, 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 equipment wait, wait. that you currently have on your characters to make like unique survivors based on what's going on in your campaign. What was you what are you asking, Sean? Kirby, is this one of those episodes like in the anime where it's like the anniversary episode, but it's just a flashback episode? This is cuts from old episodes because we talked about this. No, I didn't. This is news he didn't, to me. He didn't. So. He, he doesn't all his know little, but that's all the way his wanna, little pot. Yeah, you just gotta listen. I don't want to waste. I don't want to waste your time if you guys have talked about this. But uh, I guess I gotta know. You spent all this money on Kingdom Death, as the viewers have heard twice now. Uh, is it worth it? Um, I feel like I'm having a blast. Uh, I yourself because you can't share this with <clears> anyone. 
um, hoarding this experience, like one of my insane survivors that got the hoarder disorder and then was almost immediately killed by another survivor who went insane and became immortal. So that's kind of a quick glimpse into what's going on in my insane campaign. Um, uh, so, like, I, I feel like I'm really happy with it so far because I like the hobby aspect. I've like I've enjoyed putting together uh, the miniatures. I'm I'm enjoying the stories coming out of it. I feel like when I I've played Gloomhaven solo a couple times, and I feel like Gloomhaven's way stronger in a group as it should be because Gloomhaven was really meant for two to four players. They're solo player rules, but they don't feel um, that good to me. Um, and I want to see somebody else like open up a box and like get into their character and like have those feelings, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's not great if I'm like, oh look at this, guys! I opened up my uh, my box. Yeah, I, I, there, there's that. I mean, oh, yeah. the, I, a, a large there. element of Gloomhaven is not is and and it's it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. Uh, Gloomhaven was designed to be, uh, you know, two to four mercenaries, and the the important word being like these, you know, self-righteous mercenaries that are looking out for the well-being of the group insofar as it helps them. And the game has all these systems to uh, make you as a player feel that way. So uh, when you, you have this career goal that you're working towards that you don't really care about other people's career goals, but you care about yours, you have uh, a secret uh, goal every uh, time you play that you can't talk about and uh, that leads to like you're making some weird decisions for the group um, that confuse people. And then th there's also the, 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 one of the major conceits of the game is that on your turn, you're picking two of these cards and you can't really reveal the exact thing that's going to happen. You can't re really reveal the initiative or the order in which your character will go. So you can kind of say stuff like, I'm going to go fast, but you can't really plan for the exact numbers when you're playing alone though you yeah, know so everything you, right yeah, like of course and like, listeners will remember this what as i believe that we have so intimately discussed subscribe gloomhaven. gloomhaven yeah but my point is that like uh kingdom death just works better as a solo game like it doesn't really have the kingdom death as a uh one to four player game um the when other people join in they're not controlling a they're not necessarily like you know, controlling a survivor that they're going to focus on and make stronger and then feel a sense of attachment to. Um, everything the group is doing is in help of, like, the settlement. So there's not really, like, in, in Gloomhaven, you're more about your character and uh, your individual things, which makes it so, which means that you'd rather play with a group of people because you want to focus on getting cool stuff for your character, or doing cool stuff with your character, and you want someone else to see it. In Gloomhaven, even if I had other people, we would still be kind of working towards the exact thing that I'm working towards alone, and it would and it would only kind of make the uh, management and upkeep a little bit easier. But everyone is still in it for the settlement, and they don't really make choices outside of, you know, like, like, you know, arguing over different, you know, cultures and stuff that's going to be going on the settlement. So, like, it's not that wild, and it was more designed to be uh, appropriately a one-to-four-player game rather than Gloomhaven being a two-to-four-player game. So I, I think that, like, the times that I've wanted to play Gloomhaven I've uh, and I've been alone at my house, I've been kind of disappointed with the experience, and this is, like, a better overall 
solo experience. Um, I think I put in like sure. like seven hours so far, and that's it playing, not like the other six or like four or five hours okay. I put in uh, assembling so, miniatures. So, after buying this four hundred dollar monster, how much do, how much does it weigh? By the way, um, more or less than Gloomhaven is it? Twenty six pounds larger than Gloomhaven, so it's a little bit heavier than Gloomhaven. It's much how larger, actually. How did you have that number ready? Um, because I think it says it on the website. Because like on the website, board, it board games that are pounds. of this size are proud of that size. Yeah, board games are board games at one point are pounds. proud of that. Yeah. Um. So like after doing board all games? Of this, do you? I do. I like crunchy board games. But Let's get crunchy. And and getting this uh, twenty six pounds of board games. Apparently, you spent more. Maybe I did. Uh, so what happened um, after that? Well, I was enjoying this, and there's no... Um, I wanted to add some expansions, because the expansions work really well with the main game. Um, they You can just kind of like slot them in where you want, or if you find... like There's kind of two main types of enemies that you'd fight, and there's nemesis enemies that basically come to you at certain points in time. And then there's quarry enemies. And those are like monster huntery kind of enemies where you're meant to like fight them over and over again, uh, loot them for resources, and slowly build out armor sets and stuff like that. And uh, have like synergies in your gear and weapons and stuff based on these armor sets. Uh, so I wanted to buy some new stuff. They're only on uh, eBay, not on Amazon, and not on the main site because they're all sold out. So I might have bought uh, two expansions and um uh that and then also uh the kickstarter thing happened where i spent okay. some money on kickstarter so did you back the street fighter miniatures game no why not um because it doesn't really look that interesting to me um i currently don't even like like as much as i like street fighter 4 and have like an affinity for the series uh the game itself like looks okay but it doesn't really uh 100% do it for me um, it seems more about like totemistic and like having these okay. cool street fighter minis rather than playing the game. Cause the game itself, like from what I've seen, I just like, it doesn't like, you know, enthrall me that much. So, uh, and it seems like a, like just, it seems like one of the, the Kickstarters that are more about, uh, spending a lot of money to get a lot of items and then being happy with your items rather than like being happy with the the game like you know there's like that like in board gaming and like tabletop there's that weird sliding thing especially in kickstarter where like people like some companies just want to make the game really fucking expensive and then put in okay. like tons of just like statues and minis and crazy like neoprene mats and all these additional things and you know, a million dice that looks so sick and they're going to make the, the game cost like three hundred dollars and they're going to focus more on the end in like you know, how dope everything looks rather than, like, actual gameplay. And it, like, kind of seems like Kickstarter is that, or, or Street Fighter is that. Okay, so what did you back? I backed on Broken, which is uh, looked really exciting, and I didn't spend that much. I, I backed it at, like, the really only thing I could availably back it at, which I think was $40. Um, okay. Uh, that is a cool game. I saw a Rado run through of it. It is a, a solo roguelike game it is uh a solo game 
that you play alone. Board game you play alone? It is a card game, actually. Yeah. Uh, you play alone, yeah. Um, it's roguelike, uh, oh. kind of similar. I, it, it, I, I liked it because it re- kind of reminded me of like a physical version of Slay the Spire, that like you're going to see how far you can get into this game with all these like issues happening and getting lucky sometimes, seeing like, oh, I'm getting lucky in this area. How can I you know, synergize with this kind of stuff and, like, the same kind of thing of, like, a roguelike experience with cards, seeing, like, what you can do with what you're given. And that sounded exciting for me. And it's a a short playthrough game. It's, like, 20 to 30 minutes coming out in approximately December, might be earlier or later. Um, So that seemed like a cool experience. That was not a mistake, I would say. No, no, that's not even that much money. I mean, all things considered. All things considered. I'm worried worried that maybe you spent more money on things I don't know about. A couple zeros. Maybe I also backed Arena. Arena? What is that? Do you know anything about Arena? Nothing. Let's drop in. Um, Arena is a more on the expensive side. Uh, I backed it for like 189 um okay uh it is a uh pvp and pve game uh the pve segment has will have um a campaign of a gloomhaven style campaign of 80 different pve missions um that you don't tell me this uh you know go through uh you can go through with friends it is a one to eight player game everything from the uh from the the game has been designed to be one to eight player uh pve and pvp um the pvp uh you can create you know your own maps the it comes with uh 3d versions of like walls lava pits uh uh uh, doors chests all this stuff to build a arena and then you can pick um depending on like what you want to do versus a friend or a group of friends or two groups of friends oh, or whatever. No. Um, you can pick from a hero pool. There is a large hero pool of pre-assembled minis. Uh, the minis the, the minis fit into um, different sort of non-kind of classical archetypes. Um, there is like a tank. There is not really a healer. Um, there's stuff like tank, bruiser, um uh like assassins like uh brutes uh shapers uh wizards and they're represented by these colors uh so you can so you'll basically like make a team of like uh, of like oh, i'm gonna have you know one shaper one brute like one of each of the kind of kind of colors and they're these uh moba style heroes that have four abilities um they have their own unique passives they have their own unique like health pools your their unique abilities and things that they're allowed to do they all they come with these like excellently expertly like super um high uh articulation uh models and uh every stretch goal is unleashing more of them and the company plans to uh release them in um expansions and uh, and, uh, mini did you mini buy expansions. The expansion that comes with the uh, $35 dragon statue. Yeah. Of course, because why wouldn't you? I bought the core, which comes with um, the base game, the core game. It comes with the uh, uh, heroes and 
uh, exploration or something. Um, uh, so you expansion. bought what is referred to as the full pledge. Full pledge. All right. It comes I, with I a big ass dragon and a big ass hydra and some extra Kickstarter stuff, including two Kickstarter only heroes. I do not like the way this sounds because it sounds really interesting. I don't need that kind of thing in my life. But in the way, I mean, it comes out in like next year. A year. And in a year, you know, you could really be ready for this. But if you kickstart all the things that are going to come out between now and then, you're going to just won't have anything to play. I mean, because you're going to spend all your money on things that are out in the future. It's a uh, it's tough, you know. I mean, it's weird, like board gaming, you kind of got to get in early, which is like why I feel like less bad. Like, it let's let's say in a year, this comes out and it's really dope and I want it. Like, so Kingdom Death, I think, kickstarted for like 225. And then now it's like base game is like 400 to 600, depending on where you're finding it and stuff like that. And then there's no expansions. Like if I had gotten in, I mean, I wasn't playing board games at the time that, that this was happening. But if I did know it, then I would have been able to get it for a lot cheaper. So, like, if this game comes out and it's a Kickstarter game and all the backers get the, the their their copies of it, then the copies that are in the wild are the copies that were, like, bought by board game shops or scalpers. And then all of a sudden this, like, you know, uh, pretty thick uh, THICC game that has all these minis that is base like 200 bucks or something is going to go to like 400, like, especially if it gets a word of mouth. And then after that, you're looking for like reprints or waiting for like a 1.5 or a 2.0 and like, and it gets scalped like mm-hmm. hell, you know, like it goes up like another like 200 yeah, bucks. So the project looks like it was almost funded 10 times over its goal. And I think that one of the reasons why uh, these projects always seem to do so well is the minis, right? The minions are what it's all about these days. People love them. Um, I think the but project also, looks good, is though. It, is it a campaign? Because it's like a 45 to 90 minute duration of match. And then are, are you telling me that there is like something... There, so there's a solo mode and a campaign. It's a it's a player versus player team game and a com- cooperative dungeon crawler at yeah. the same time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's too much. That it's it is um, uh, definitely skirting some lines, you know, like trying to balance those things for PVE and PVE is probably going to be wonky. Um, but maybe it's cool to have these different rules of like, do you want to play like if it was something that we were so in love with that we we're playing it like Gloomhaven and we're playing the PVE segment, maybe like, you know, you play a PVE segment and you're like, I'm wiped. I don't want to do another one of those. Do you want to do a PVP? Or something like that. And maybe in the Lord's year of 2019, you will be in a state of us actually playing games weekly, which would be good. Yeah. That's the dream. 19? Because it comes out in 2019. Oh, wow. Man, it's so interesting to plan ahead your leisure activities. Yeah. But I mean, I, so, I think I explained why you have to do that in board gaming. The, like, a lot of the best board games these days really are kickstarted. And then they get kickstarted and they blow up on Kickstarter and they make like, you know, 10,000% or whatever. And they do really well and they come out with all this stuff. And you as the backer, like, get like flooded with all these rewards a year later. And then there's like none in the wild. Like, and it gets to be this thing where there's so many games that like I, I can't play or they're like, 
you know, like they're they're really hard to get or hard to find and they get scalped and stuff like that and they kind of got to do this in this in this world. It's not like video like the cool thing it, it kind of makes me like, you know, happy about the way video games work where they're digital. Like they don't like most video games come out are digital and you can it completely ignore a game until the moment it comes out and then you can get it. You can get it the night before. Right then. Don't worry about it. Just download it. Not a problem. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess you have some pride maybe in some of the games that you collect. But what do you do you, when you get something like this and you get like that Hydra figurine? Like you can't leave something like that unpainted. Um, I kind of want to paint my uh, Kingdom Death minis, but I'm too afraid. So I'd probably start. There's a um, I don't know if what you got, but there is a uh, a painting learning kit. Uh, on Amazon that seemed like it was pretty affordable and they basically gave you three um, unpainted models and a set of starter paints and starter gear to paint and uh, taught you some of the techniques to paint these minis and I was going to maybe do that and then paint Gloomhaven models and then work up to the KDM models because the KDM models are like really hyper intricate and very you know worrisome to paint um, I, I, I want not- did I not tell you to dip them in blood? Um, I want what I did want to do. Well, we had the idea of like when a KDM mini dies to like cut your thumb and have it bleeding and then press your thumb onto the base. That would be dope. And then yeah. leave a blood print. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Oh, well, all right. So you're going to keep this game for your whole life. So you might as well put some of your life into it, huh? So hey, I listen, the amount like... of time I've been putting together, putting these minis, uh, I've been putting a little bit of my life into it. Also, I'm huffing so much cement. Does that feel okay? I don't know. The the I was going to say that the uh, I was really worried when I bought it that uh, the miniature uh, assembly aspect was going to be too much for me. And I don't think it's that bad. Um, but uh, it's it, your sense of time and the smell. It's definitely it definitely gives me this very relaxing feeling and uh i i don't know whether or not it has to do with the whole process of putting it together and being so focused on this tiny little task or like i said it might have something to do with the fact that the uh cement the the tamiya extra thin cement i use is um basically like insane nail polish that i am constantly huffing as i do this fun headache uh i don't get a headache. headache i just get like zend huh you know i i put on the uh air freshener i mean not the air freshener the um uh oil diffuser get some you know tangerine lavender uh tea tree oil mix kind of going in the room it's got a great smell i'm i'm there i'm in the moment i'm not thinking about anything other than putting together these minis i'm as i'm putting together the mini i'm thinking what will happen to you once you've been created will horrible things happen to you will good things happen to you and all, all the while that extra thin cement as I'm putting it on, I'm getting little hits of it. Oh, oh my God. You know? Snort. Yeah, I, I actually don't know, but I, I wonder if there's any kind of effect there. Hard to know how sincere this is. Uh, very sincere. That's probably messed up, man. That's dangerous stuff. So, you better keep a window open. You know, one thing that uh, happened last week that I didn't get to talk about because I wasn't on the podcast is uh, I finished my Charterstone campaign. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. We didn't talk about me. Oh, you guys <laughs> talked about me finishing my game? 
Yeah, absolutely. We went over everything. Um, it was a really cool, uh, and I think it was probably one of our better segments. We just kind of, you know, told uh, the listeners what happened, what everything that we assumed happened. I won. Well, we'd love to hear won, it from your I won perspective. The campaign. You can, uh, you can and, add and your perspective. How, how close was it, Mason? I won. Uh, the score was 728 to 729. I won by one point. That is very close. That's unbelievable. And and I got a $60 gift card to the shop for winning. You know you could buy with that? What Charter can I Stone? buy with that? I, I could buy a copy, but I don't think I would play it again. Really? I liked it a lot, but I really just think the legacy elements are part of the Wait, fun. What do you What do you mean you you got a gift card? A real one? Yeah, you got a P, I, I got a P gift 16. card? I played it at a board game shop, and the winner got $60. At the board oh, game Oh, you were at a shop. Oh, okay. And wow, Stone Meyer, cool. uh, the creator of the game, uh, also gave us some small trophies. Um, no way! What? Like, so what they gave us? They teeth. gave us. They gave us a like little satchels of the baby gold teeth. coins that the game comes with. They're actually just gelt. They're chocolate coins. Those coins, really nice amazing, coins. Those coins are amazing, dude. Those coins are top one hundred. Like they are A plus plus S rank coins. They are heavy as hell and they look gorgeous. They are just like those are thick coins, and I love them. I love holding them. I love touching them. I love yeah, rubbing so them on my fingers. Of, it's nice to have like a little trophy, and I'm actually gonna use the money towards um, a clank expansion. What's the buy-in on a competitive and rewarded board game session? It was $17 gets you uh, four weeks of gaming. So have you ever done that before? That's very interesting. I've never heard of that. No, this is my first time, but I think I'm going to do as many of them as I can because I had a lot of fun. And That's really one cool. Of the, one of the people that I played Charterstone with, Paul, uh, recently started playing Gloomhaven with me, uh, came over yesterday rolled a character and we went through a dungeon What character uh he oh. rolled the tinkerer oh cool i like that character yeah uh so i'm pretty stoked on that so i've also been playing some video games mm, yeah we used to do those uh sean what video games have you been playing i played slay the spire even more oh, okay I have been just feverish on trying to get a full clear with the silent. Um, Any luck? I know you. No, no. <laughs> I mean, no. my deck. Actually, I played around today and my deck felt amazing. And I, I mean, it, I didn't make it. I don't know. I didn't even get to. I died to like. I don't know if it was an elite or not, but it was, I think it was regular combat, but um, it was just absurd amount of damage coming at me. Like more, I had an atypical fight. I wish I could know the names of the enemies so I could say like, oh, I fought two of these guys. You know what always gets me on the third floor? There's those groups of enemies. Like one is like a thorn enemy. One is an explosion enemy. You oh know? yeah. Those are yep. rough. Like, I lose uh, so much from those. Those guys I crushed, actually. I lost to these guys that were, like, they're they're kind of bugs. They're, like, they're touching the ground. They have legs. But they're geometric shapes also. 
and there's usually one of them, but there were two of them, and they were both attacking for 16 or 18 per turn, and that's just, like, what they were up to, and they have, like, 40 life. It was taking me, like, they just beat me down. I had a ri- I had a ridiculous. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Are those builds. the? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think they they also are those the ones on the third floor that also come in the packs. Um, I don't know exactly what you mean, but they they, they come I, in the packs they, of the things that I was just talking about. Like sometimes you can get them on the way right end with the packs of like exploders and repulsors and thorn guys. I don't know. I think they come on their own, but regardless, I was feeling they look like beetles and. Eek. yeah i guess like like porygon beetles i guess yeah anyway i i don't know it's hard to start. they're like sand triangles on legs and you know what i don't like swirling. is i don't like the snack oh the one that does the confuse i hate that i usually I just mess you up i keep an artifact potion for that reason so that i can get immunity to the next status ailment and then i i pop that on the first turn against the snack lizard Blizzard snake. Yeah, I know that guy. I destroyed that guy too. I hate that I, I guy unless jumped. I have the artifact. Yeah, I just got jumped. I got unlucky. Anyways, um, I played that and hmm, did I play much Overwatch? I haven't. I patched Overwatch, but I haven't played it really. I played two games of League. Okay, how was that? Bad. I am so bad. I can't believe how bad I am after watching so much LCS and being around the game for years. I picked Renekton. I lost lane horribly. Um, I turned my graphic settings all the way down because, and I'm not sure if this if it worked because I stopped playing after this game. But I was playing. I was getting 60 to 70 frames per second. Everything was perfect and fine. But I was against a Garen, and every That's a time fun guy. he, yeah, he seemed like he just did better than me, like. I was like, wow, this is too complicated for me to understand the matchup. Like, he just wins all the trades and has more well, if he life trades first, you If he trades first, he would win. If you trade first, you would win, I would think. Because if you do, like, the, like, slice, then uh, stun, then Q, then dice. Uh, this is what people love to hear. I don't know, because... I don't know. Because if, if you let Garen attack first, he's going to silence you and he's going to spin to win. For me personally, I wasn't able to pull it off. My mechanics are really bad. Also, as I was getting into, something was going on where like every time like certain actions happened on the screen, especially like coming from an enemy, if they like used an ability and then hit me, my my game would just stutter. It would it would just it That's would weird. freeze for a frame. It would lag. It would like I don't know what the technical term is, but it would basically feel like I had been hit and there was like an impact and my game would just lock up for like a, less than a quarter of a second, but like a very noticeable still like, wait, what is happening? And then it would like snap back to what was actually going on. And I would be like, oh, like, oh, maybe I'll be able to flash here. And I'm like, wait, shit, I got, wait, what's going on? Oh, wait, I can't do it. Oh, I'm dead. And that happened, like, every time we fought. Maybe you have to, like, re-download it. That sounds weird. That can't be anything to do with... Like, you have a good graphics card. I know. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I'm fi- My internet connection's fine. Frames per second's fine. 
things aren't turned they weren't turned up to max even before i turned them low but maybe yeah, it's because just... you, you turned them low what's that happening before you turn them low no i turned them low because that was happening and then we surrendered so i don't know if it worked or not in any case uh league is appealing but it is still it's way more difficult than you think just from watching it <laughs> So I've been playing Nino Kuni 2, The Revenant Kingdom. And that game is so sweet, dude. That game is awesome. It does look cute as hell. I did not play the first one, and the first one is apparently uh, not tied in any way to Nino Kuni 2. Do you so, feel caught up? Well, yeah, because there is no relationship at all between them. Uh, but I don't know if you're familiar with how this game starts. Um, but I heard some things to do with a president and a gun. So the president of the United States is driving over a bridge when a he's driving, off. not someone else is driving for him. All right. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Thank you. That game assumes until you the start the game when you're a baby and you keep playing it until you're still. No, I'm saying I'm just shocked that he is driving. What okay, area he's is not? This? He's not sure. driving. He's riding in a car. OK, he's riding in a car. All right. So he's riding in a car and nuke goes off. Uh, the bridge collapses, he sinks to the bottom of the ocean and is mysteriously teleported into the bedroom of uh, Evan Petty Whisker, uh, the soon-to-be king of Ding Dong Dell. But he's in the middle of a, uh, of a coup where the, the kingdom is being taken over by, by the Ratmen, by the, uh, the Vermintide. The Vermintide. And, and Jack in his castle. So. so this is a Warhammer crossover. It is, yeah. So the two of them go together and uh, meet meet some unlikely friends and uh, begin to build out a city. And it's pretty cool. Like it does. Like it reminds me a little bit of Dark Cloud, which you sort of get because this is made by Level Five. Uh, there's like the this whole there's this kingdom building aspect where you're uh, managing your income and uh, researching new types of technology uh, to upgrade sort of your dungeoneering. And then there's the physical fighting, which is pretty cool. And then there are these, um, like war scenarios where you have like a, a party of soldiers that rotate around you and you use special abilities to activate them. But one of the criticisms I heard of this game is that it's very easy. And I actually think that the, the main storyline is really easy, but if you go on the side quests and you take like the monster hunting bounties, it gets like actually pretty challenging and like surprisingly hard is it grind uh, to win i don't know if it's grind to win as much as it is like explore every nook and cranny do the side quests like do everything that the game has to offer and then you win does it have enough feeling and atmosphere and just kind of you know like it's more than the sum of its parts in terms of like oh it's not about yeah, it's easy. Like, could you recognize that it's easy and just like, yeah, but that's not what it's for. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more than just the combat because you could say that like a lot of JRPGs are easy. Someone could argue that like Persona 5 is easy. Um, this game sort of has like a Kingdom Hearts style combat system where it's like you have two attack buttons, you have a dodge button, you have a block button, and then you have different abilities. And then you also have these um, little Pikmin guys called Higgledies who are run around in the battlefield and sometimes they'll clump up. And if you go to them while they're clumped up, uh, you can trigger them and then they'll do a special attack against the enemy. 
I think a lot of people might consider this easy for the same reason that they would consider Kingdom Hearts easy of being like, well, if you don't do anything, your companions will take care of the enemies for you. But I, I think that it's more than that. I mean, obviously the moment-to-moment fights aren't easy, but the moment-to-moment like trash fights in any RPG aren't gonna aren't gonna kill you in most cases, right? King, uh, Persona, they kind of can in like two, in like three and four, maybe less so in five. But I still think, I, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, think what he, I think what he's saying is, don't hate the player, hate the game. I don't and think that's case, what he's the saying. Player, the player is Nino Kuni. The game is JRPGs as a genre. All right, yeah. All okay, right, I'm picking up. That's, a, that's I, I can't kind of yeah, get that. Fit. I wait. That. Don't pick up the ball. You're not allowed to but, touch the ball. That's a foul. But if you if you are like looking for my recommendation or seal of approval, this game like absolutely has it. I think that it's like one of the most relaxing, chill JRPGs that I've played in a long, long time. It's just like super euphoric and has a positive message, likable characters, really awesome music and like a good sense of style. I mean, it's got that Ghibli style, right? It does. It does have that That Ghibli style. Ghibli? What is Uh, Ghibli? Ghibli. Yeah. Uh, have either of you got into Dead Cells at all? Uh, I did. Did either yeah. of you play it? Yeah. What do you I played think? a bunch of it. What do I think? Um, yeah, it's I'm amazing. Hearing... Uh, uh, I um, I beat that first boss, the immortal one. Um, I have started to see kind of like I think the game is really cool about constantly uh, revealing this like new things that will now change everything. Like. I don't want to talk about what happens after the immortal, but it adds this layer system on top of it that kind of changes how your runs are going to go from then on. Um, uh, I I have like amassed enough to unlock some pretty good uh, starting things and an okay wealth of things, but I still have so far to go. I I really like that uh, I have unlocked what, what I think like, Almost feels like it should be unlockable early, but maybe is on, uh, earlier, but maybe is only um, uh, closed out because of you know like start like, giving you cooler things to work for. But you can make it so that you get a starting. Uh, you usually just start with this one kind of okay sword and then a bow and a shield, but you can make it so that you can randomize the sword, the bow, and the shield uh independently kind of you have to like upgrade each thing and you start out with a random bow and shield and it kind of adds to that roguelike element of like you die but now this next run could go better when you start off with this weapon that you really like um uh i i still feel like i haven't seen very much of the game i still feel like there's uh i don't have uh double jumping or climbing or whatever it's going to be Uh, There's a lot of parts that I get to right now where I can't really interact or go further. And I don't know what, um, where, which direction I kind of need to go to be able to uh, unlock those abilities. But it feels great. I mean, like it is, uh, it it is like probably one of the best playing games uh, I've, I've ever played. And that's kind of what made me like it initially outside of the roguelike and Metroidvania elements was just that the game is just just plays so well like the feeling of like how different every weapon feels and like it's got a great impact like it's visceral is a horrible word and i always and i have to say that it's a horrible word but 
What? I love it. But because, well, I love it because it, it, it describes something that is indescribable, you know, like, like, like when you, when you use a, even though when you're using a weapon, you're just hitting the same button over and over again because you have weapons tied to, you have your like primary weapons tied to X and Y. So you're only just hitting X or Y to do a weapon. But like the combos, the speed at which they attack, and then like the impact on enemies and like the crit numbers and the numbers that pop off, like it has an awesome feeling to it it has great weight to it and like i i think that like there's a weapon for everybody in this game and that's really exciting is like finding a weapon that like you just totally jive with and if the game feels easier when you're using that for me that kind of started to be the rapier um the rapier is that what gets you viscerally jiving that's what gets me viscerally jiving the the rapier uh does extra damage after a roll so it's what got me through the first boss because the first boss will kind of like slowly walk at you and then swing. So I would attack a couple times, wait for the swing animation, then roll through the boss and then crit on the other side because it crits after a roll. So like the whole boss fight ended up being that and then kind of also watching out for some other things um, that the boss does, at, especially when he like get kind of uh, enrages uh, lower on in the health. Um, and I also like some of the, uh, other abilities, like the, um, uh, sub weapons, like, uh, this like sinew slicer that like shoots out bows or shoots out, uh, discs, like spinning discs. Uh, there's a, um, like the meat grinder, you throw all these, uh, like circular saws on the ground that bleed enemies that walk over it. And, I like there's different cool ways to like synergize with that to get extra damage while those are on the field. So I had two different um, sub weapons that stay on the field and give me bonuses based on that. Cool game. I mean, looks great, yeah. feels great, good music, awesome feeling to moving around in that game. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that like I'm waiting to see, uh, like why I can't access it yet. So I have actually played something super wild that I'd love to tell you guys about. Super wild. Hit me with it. Spy Party. This is the I've heard of this. So Spy Party is a one versus one competitive game where one person plays as a spy in a cocktail party and one person plays as a sniper with one bullet. This is pretty old, right? So it has been in the works for eight years, but it just hit steam. So it is made by one developer who was on the team at, uh, well, maybe more than one developer, but he was on the team at Maxis games who developed spore. Just like WTDG eight years in the making. Here we have it. The 200th episode, but it's such a wild, wild game because essentially as the spy, what you have to do is you have to do like a number of objectives. So one of them is that you have to swap out a statue. One of them is that you have to bug the ambassador, who's one of the other NPCs who's walking around the area. Uh, you have to flirt with somebody, and you have to contact a double agent. So all of these different objectives are something that the sniper needs to like look out for and pay attention to. But they don't know the order in which you're going to do things. And as the spy, you can also see the sniper's laser. So you have an idea of the type of things that they're looking at. As the sniper, all that you can do is you can highlight and lowlight the different people walking around the party 
in order to sort of uh, keep consolidate your suspicion. So as the sniper, there are some characters who you know aren't the spy. So for example, you know the ambassador who the spy is trying to bug is not the spy. Uh, and you only get one shot. If you shoot a civilian, you lose. But if the spy does not complete the objectives in the amount of time, then they lose. Um, is there a good enough, like, like do other people, do other um, NPCs, like, flirt and do these kind of things to, like, throw the, the sniper off? Or are you mainly just trying to do them while the sniper's not looking at you? So flirting actually looks like talking, and the whole thing is, like, all these conversation circles. Uh, also, the other NPCs will pick up the statues, but they won't put them down. Uh, they won't swap them, rather. Uh, so one thing that, that, you know, some snipers could do is they could sort of try to memorize what the statues are throughout so that they sort of have an idea of whether the uh, spy has swapped them and who that might be. But I actually think that the contact in the double agent is really interesting because... <clears throat> When the double agent is contacted, um, the spy hears it, but essentially they don't know like who in the conversation said things. They just know that someone said the phrase and that the spy has been contacted. Uh, but the so essentially what that allows the sniper to do is anybody who's out of conversation, they know is not the spy. But one thing that's also interesting that you can do as the spy is you can fake contact the double agent. What is so the, the what is the thing it. that the spy says to the devil agent? Banana bread. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be something. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. I, I was going to wow. make a joke, but almost I don't want to make the joke because it's better. I was hoping that they said these pretzels, these pretzels are making me thirsty. I did make banana bread this week. Um, you got are me. you are the spy. Sniper, take the shot. But it's me. a pretty cool game. It's got like Kill 10 me. different maps. and. Kill me. The, the thing that's so interesting is that your your resource is sort of the amount of things that you can keep track of when you're playing the sniper because there are so many things going on that it's really hard so to your field of view like yeah well and it, it's just hard to understand like what you can pay attention to like how many things can you keep track of and memorize in your head that are going on right now and at the same time just trying to track things like maybe what you want to do is just watch the ambassador and see are they going to get bugged or memorize the statues and, and so far i have won almost every game as the sniper i lost one game as the sniper but i've lost every single game as the spy it is really hard on the and maybe it's just the beginner maps make it especially difficult because at the start of the game when you do the beginner stuff uh you only get access to those four objectives that I previously mentioned. Uh, but once you open up and start playing intermediate games, uh, there are eight objectives and you only have to complete four of them, which I think is probably a little bit easier. I have two quick questions. Um, the first one is quicker. Uh, pricing. $25. Fair. The second one is uh, probably obvious. I'm just wondering. Um uh, there's matchmaking for this online matchmaking. So you're not playing with a friend. You're queuing up. And uh, firstly, is there matchmaking? Um, and secondly, so the way that it works is, do you, is you choose into, what you want? You jump into a lobby. Uh, and yeah, there's just a button that is play as spy or play as sniper. But another thing that you typically do is you jump into a lobby 
and you can see everyone else. Like, so everyone is in this giant lobby and you can see everyone's records. So essentially you want to try to choose someone's uh, like win and loss record who is like close to yours. So who doesn't have like 10,000 games under their belt. And you can also choose to play against a friend. So we're already better off than almost Tekken and stuff like that. So, yeah, so you and I could jump into a game of Spy Party, if that's something that interested you. And it's I think pretty... that would be so fun to do while we're yeah. talking to each other. Like, the idea yeah. of being like, ah, you know, like, I did it's something. Super, yeah, it's a super unique game. I think that it's totally worth owning. It's totally worth checking out. Because even in the limited amount of time that I've played with it, I've spent so much time thinking about it. Because I, I just think that it's fascinating. That is fascinating, and that is a super neat um, asymmetrical uh, multiplayer kind of th experience that I, I also love the concept that it only takes the two people, you know? Like, I, there's something good about having only two people, so you get the PvP experience of, like, outsmarting another individual, um, and also, like, developing your strategies around the ways that people might Yomi. develop their strategy. Yeah, the Yomi kind of aspect. But um, with, uh, you know, only two players, it's, you know, it, it's it's less difficult finding matches or anything. Like, it, it probably keeps things moving at a, at a quick pace. Uh, how long are these rounds? Three minutes. So they're three minutes, but the spy has an ability where if the spy goes to their window and checks their watch, they can add more time to the mission. But it would be very dangerous because... They would go right yeah, in front of the window. Sometimes it's the first thing I do. Oh, just to so like. Before the snipers even thinking about it, I just put time on the clock. Yeah. That's a Yomi right there. That's a that's it's a gambit. A Yomi, yeah. Because another Yomi is that one thing you're going to notice a lot of newer players doing, and I think I'm guilty of this, is the first thing they want to do is switch the statues, because they want to switch the statues before the sniper has figured it out like before they could memorize what the statues are just get in and immediately switch a statue but if you know that if you know if that's what you're expecting them to do then it makes anybody who goes near the statues like a bigger suspect and even just talking about this i think that you can start to understand the sort of strategies that come into play and there are brackets and tournaments for this game people do uh, take this seriously so you did say there was like different maps are the objectives the same in all the maps or do they, they vary are. No, they're the same, but th because of the way that the maps are, they change it. Because in, in some ways, the sniper will have totally different perspectives on different maps. What does this mean? What does this term mean, Yomi? Yomi is the idea that um, you're thinking about what the opponent is thinking. And, and sort of the concept of the back and forth of, uh, of that circular relationship between what you're thinking, what your opponent thinking, them like thinking. Like I knew that you thinking. knew that I knew that. Yes. You knew that. yes. It's a, it's, it's a largely used in fighting games to be like my, I know for a fact that my opponent won't will, uh, because I keep hitting them with, uh, like, you know, mix ups when they wake up, I know I've conditioned my opponent to, block on stand-up so you so you having that knowledge can act on it but then there's this whole other layer of like your opponent possibly thinking that you have that knowledge like of course they're going to go for a mix-up because they keep doing that or they keep throwing or something so uh on, on wake up then you have like that information and it beca becomes this like 
you know, it, it, it's it's the rock paper scissors, uh, mind the, the mind the rock paper scissors mind games where it's like they did this, so I think that I'll do this, but if they know that I that I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna go in a different direction. You know, like I do, but how do how do you use this word? Right? Use it I just used it. Mind games? No, but I mean, um, it's he, like a noun. Mason just used it. Well, yeah. Okay, that's what I was asking. Thank you. Okay, so I've played some other games. So let me let me go through them. I played Radical Heights. Oh, that's the um, that's the, basically the the PUBG, the uh, battle royale game. By Boss Keys, the developers of Lawbreakers and Cliff Blazinski. Wow. Yeah. Right. There you go. So that game's all right because it is sort of if you like Fortnite but you don't like like if you like the concept of Fortnite shooting uh but you don't like building so Radical Heights is probably the game that you want to play the actual shooting mechanics in the game feel really good but I do not like the current style and the game is currently like uh pretty pretty rough like there are buildings that are just like straight up untextured but I do really like the idea of them going for this um super Monday night combat aesthetic of uh, it's like a Truman Show-esque uh, reality combat simulator where you're doing like a, a game show, but you're killing people. That to me just seems sad that like Boss Key does Lawbreakers and it's a massive flop. And then their thing is like, like so so let, let's say two sides of the coin. Um, Fortnite comes out, massive flop, turn it into a battle royale, biggest thing in the world. Uh, Hell yeah. Boss Key... We made Lawbreakers, massive flop, abandon it, drop it, make a bat, make a separate battle royale, and put that in beta. Yeah. Okay. Um, it'll probably. I bet you that Radical Heights will be more, um, will gross more than than uh than their than Lawbreakers. Game. Um, let me tell you that is the you have set the lowest bar of all time. So thank you. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like even I sense you. That. You get a. I think for that the odds are so bad that you if you win, uh, and that does gross more than Lawbreakers and have a bigger player group that you would get like your money in in the bet back. Like you wouldn't even make money on it. So the next game that I've been playing is Don't Starve for the Switch. That's a pretty solid game, actually. I really like this game a lot. I actually played this game on the PC when it first came out in early access, um, and I liked it there. It's done by Clay Entertainment, who you might know. I think they made Mark of the Ninja, if I'm not mistaken. Who are you playing with? Myself. Excellent. There is a, uh, on PC, there's another version of the game called Don't Starve Together, which is a multiplayer game. Oh, but it's essentially just like a, yeah. But it is just like a survival game of like, uh, it's like a score-based game where you try to survive as long as you can. And if you hit certain milestones, then you unlock new characters. The Switch version comes with all of the um, expansion content and everything pre-installed. So I thought that it would be a pretty good game to have on vacation since I could just like do some grinding. Vacation? Are you going to tell us about that? You know what? I need to think about my own life in those terms. Hit certain milestones, unlock new characters. I need to be considering that more. I've been working on that too. New like milestones, new characters. Yeah, my supporting roles are getting bigger and bigger. Um, like you're the AD carry of your life, and your supports are becoming better and better over time. Well, I'm meeting new supports. That's oh, exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he's meeting Paul. Yeah, that's so good. He's meeting Paul. Maybe I go from 
I go from having a Sona to also having a Tarek. I'm looking. Whoa. Wait a minute. Hold on. Is Paul your pow- your your power bottom? What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, what was the terminology? <laughs> your table bottom? Your table. Your p- <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't remember. It was P top and P bottom. This is why. Well, I the P stood for power. We all knew it, right? Like this that's the terminology. I, I, no, it stood for physical. That's why I, I know, but that was the double sense. entendre, Sean. No, Kirby, no. That was a double entendre. Don't Starve is really good. It's I'm not far enough in it, but that is a solid game. Uh, man, I played a lot of video games. Kirby there was another game for Switch that just came out, but it also came out for Steam and got good reviews. And it was some sort of like you know, horde management game, almost like if you can, you know, overlord, if you guys remember oh, that. horde with friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not with friends. Uh, it was like, it has this cool aesthetic and it's more in your, like, controlling a team, like a, sm- a team of, like, grunty people. Horde up. The Switch has eight games and you don't know what this game is called? Dude, eight games? Have you ever been on the eShop? Talk to me then. What are you talking about? The eShop is You're so wrong. You're, right? you're so wrong. Miserable? I Half my games are digital. Sure, but the actual layout is really bad. It's super bad. Super you can't bad. find anything. Oh, Kirby, Is... Art, I have a question for you. I don't Is know if I copy... want to find my Sona or my Tarek more badly. Kirby, like, is your copy of Xenoblade Chronicles physical? Yeah. Is it P or is it Big D? Can I borrow it for vacation? Absolutely. Excellent. So, yes, that's good. Is that the Xenoblade sequel on the Switch? Thing? Well, I'm glad that you, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm shocked that you like want to have such a bad vacation. What's do you, are you already like hating LA that you want to like make it a worse experience for yourself or what? What's going on here? I want to see where that game goes because good luck. I've just been really liking Nino Kuni and I want to play another jrpg to remind me of why oh. i don't play these things. oh oh man i'm making the i don't even know if i can make an audible enough sigh kirby have you been playing anything recently um i mean like i if i could have like a moment to talk about kdm if the if that goes up to the jury but um mm. uh largely for e-games um, I did play, and I talked about it last time, last week, the Overwatch uh, PVE thing for the new uh, Overwatch Retribution, I believe. Um, okay. Um, or Uprising or whatever it is. Um, I've been playing, loving, continue to love Dragon Ball Fighters. That game's not going anywhere. Don't worry about it. Uh, I think there might be a new character announcement coming out tomorrow because there's the scan of V-Jump. So people are anticipating... Uh, leaks for the next two characters coming out. Brawly and Bardock are absolutely game changers at this point in time. They are uh, big characters in the scene. They are very complicated. People are slowly working them into teams and uh, not feeling comfortable with them yet, but uh, the more time goes on, I think the more we'll see of both of those characters. They are very wild, and I am enjoying both of those characters a whole ton, a whole great ton. Um... But, uh, yeah, I talked last week. I had played uh, my second round of Charterstone, loving that game. Um, but uh, KDM, I think, is, like, top of mind. Um, I just had... More so than Gloomhaven? Uh, well, you know, because I've, I've been playing it. Like, I, 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 I played it for, like, four hours today. 
And it is the, you know, it's easier for me to get uh, KDM going because I, like, I, as I had explained before, it's a better solo experience. So with Gloomhaven, like, I do need to go to your house or something to really get the experience. And that's harder to do um, and harder to, like, work into a schedule. And with, uh, with KDM, I was just able to wake up and, like, just go. And um, the stories that come out of that are, they remind me so much of, like, the stories that as a child I would attribute to, uh, uh, and I was talking about this a little bit last week, but like there might be so much of the stories I would attribute to like Pokemon characters or uh, in Final Fantasy Tactics, like you are down on your luck, things are going bad, then a lucky crit and it turns the whole thing around and that Pokemon or whatever, like they were the last, you know, everything, your starters are all dead in that gym. You're on the last boss. You just need to do a little bit more damage, but you got your weakest thing out and you can't believe that like, there's no way to win. You're going to faint and then lucky crit and then like enemy attacks miss and then lucky crit. Like the stories that happen from that game, like create so many, uh, or, or the thing, the randomized kind of events and your, with your choices create so many stories. So just to like, you know, like it, there's so much happening, but like I just want to talk about this buzz, buzz, absolutely bonkers, uh, like one little storyline happening in my game. So the initial four survivors before we created a settlement and started like doing all this cultural stuff and like kind of working towards what our settlement settlement would be about. Uh, one of them was called Beth, and I wanted her. I I basically you know named her and thought of her as a character that would die. Because it's very hard to live in this game. So Beth to death. Beth to death. Like, I thought of her as a character that I didn't really expect that much from. Um, I, I didn't put a lot of effort into naming her, obviously. I just kind of thought, like, Beth the there's Beth. a good chance that she won't make it. So anyway, um, we do successfully uh, kill the first boss. Things are going great. Um, uh, I named one of my characters that did really well. Oh, by the way, in the first fight... Uh, one of the characters punched the lion's jaw off, and the lion constantly vomited blood on them. So of course I off. What? Yes, punched the jaw off the lion. So it's the bone separated on both sides of the face. Yep, and it just constantly vomited blood. So of course I named that character the leader. That that leader, that guy, Cain, became the leader of the settlement. But that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Beth. And uh, during the second hunt. We decide we have to go out for more, uh, you know, gr- uh, white lion resources. So we go for another hunt. Uh, things, uh, I, uh, the one of the things that happened that's important to say is that a survivor, two survivors had a child, and we decided that, and then like there was this whole thing about like the principle of the society, whether or they not we would one? raise kids to be <laughs> warlike and you know beat the sense into them, or we would. Um, like glorify children and raise them up. So I went with glorify children, and raise them up. The uh, they had a child or they made a child. They had a child. Had one or made one. Had one. What do you mean? Yeah. Sure. Um. I mean, I mean, so like, they just like you found out that they that there was a child that belonged to them. No, through different kind of events that happened. There was like a lot of different choices and events that led up to this. And then they then they procreated and had a child. That's what I'm saying. A lot of choices and events. Yes, I don't want to describe all the event. choices and events. I appreciate that. Uh, for everyone's sake. So anyway, two for, two for survivors have a child. I send the dad, the father, Adam, out on the next hunt. Uh, this crazy thing happens 
where we find a stone, like we find a statue sitting on a throne and through different roles, Adam is the one who decides that he wants to go touch the statue. And in doing so, he accidentally switches places. He he disappears and then reappears as a statue. And then the, the person who was the statue appears as a human before us and without we're, without understanding language just begins to follow us. So I named this character Stone because he was a statue. Now, fast forward to the fight. Uh, we're fighting another white lion. Adam is dead because he's a statue. We have this new guy, Stone, who is who who came with all these disorders. He's like a... He's like a maniac. He has he's a hoarder and he's also secretive and has all this other stuff going on with him. All these other like mental disorders. Uh, he's doing really poorly, but Beth is doing so well. This everyone else is doing really badly. I didn't even give Beth a weapon, and one of the worst weapons in the game is, is starting out is uh, fists, just like unarmed. And Beth keeps doing really well. Keeps like rolling super well. Um, Beth like crits on the the lion's head and like. Uh, gives it a concussion. Beth like crits on the lion's elbow and uh, snaps its el- elbow. Gets insane because of this, 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 all this stuff going on, and the lion can't move anymore. And uh, she gets all this insanity. Insanity is like um, brain trauma armor from the horrible things that are happening. And uh, we basically like conclude. Beth gets, by the way, blinded during this fight, so she's missing an eye. Um, fight concludes. Survivors go back to town. Then you draw random settlement 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 events, and I drew murder. And the and the murder thing said that the survivor with the highest insanity, which was Beth, uh, would kill in broad daylight the survivor with the highest age, which was Stone, actually. So Beth killed Stone, she was exiled from the camp, then through another role, she was supposed to be She's, she, instead of just being exiled, she comes back with resources and gains one random disorder. And the random disorder she got was immortal. So Beth is, is missing an eye, is completely insane, and is immortal. And murdered someone in broad daylight in my camp. I mean, I just, it, it just got, it, it, I'm on the second hunt and that is where we're at. Like, that's one storyline that is happening with this one character that has gone insane, lost an eye, punched the, the the lion to death, then was exiled after murdering someone, then came back and is now immortal. Sounds good. That's all you got? Sounds good. I think it's super dope. She's immortal. Sounds good. Thank you guys. You're my rock. You're my founding stone. We have time. We this was a dense podcast, you know. Oh, oh! It's my it's my birthday of birthday weeks. Are you guys excited for my birthday week? Should I'm really excited. I mean, uh, uh, you know, inside baseball. What should I bring? Two hundredth birthday. Uh, you can bring your character for Gloomhaven. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How does that work? Also, when's your birthday? Thursday. Thursday. Big Thurs. Big Thurs. Thurston Thurs. Thurston Thurs. Um. Should I, can, can I, can I ask you this question on air and feel free to answer as, as truthfully as possible? Would you, or would it be too much for me to bring my LTCP? Uh, if that's what you'd like to do, go for it. I'm asking down, you. I'm if, she, just, if she's down to play Gloomhaven. If she's down yes. to clown. Yo, here's the but thing with what he's saying. She's allowed, but you better know what you're bringing her into. Exactly. 
Yeah, she's oh. a nerd burglar sometimes though. So no easy. she has no easy a pass. she has a spellweaver. No easy pass on this Hell's Gate. Level one spellweaver. Yeah. How many scenarios has she seen? <laughs> no, I, maybe maybe this week we should try. I should try and put in some work for her spellweaver. Honestly, get her ready to go. Maybe, maybe she should put some work into her spellweaver. <laughs> Right, LTCP, if you're listening to this, which you probably aren't because we're an hour and a half in. She apparently listens to these, so her insanity level, she is the Beth of my life, where she lost an eye, murdered in public, was exiled to the abyss, and then came back with resources and was immortal. Crash to Beth. Is that the deal with games? Is life better to Bether? I don't want it to be. Wow. Can I say that? I don't want it to be. Look. I feel like we didn't even really get into the meat of the podcast yet. We've been dancing around the main issues the entire time. What's the issues? I got 200, 200 issues and an LTCP ain't one. We're 200 years old, guys. It is weird that where we're 200 we, years old. We've, where do we we've go seen from it all. Here? People want to know. Where do we go from here? Where have we arrived? I mean, I, mean, I guess the... we... Do, do people want us to go back to sports? Or I don't know. If this is going to be popular, we might just keep talking about P games and E games, right? What's the one 200-word response that summarizes all of our achievements, all of your achievements up to this point? 200-word response. Not just a or, one word. Or less. Or less. Okay, can I, I'll do one word. And it's... Or one sentence. Okay, yeah. Okay, I, got, I, got a, I, got, I have a sentence for you that summarizes all of our achievements to this date, to our, our 200 episodes. This sentence will summarize it. We just don't have it yet. See, I was going to say Battlefield Hardline sucks. What are, what are our other uh, closeouts? World of Warcraft is... World of Warcraft is dead. And then, um, hey, I'm, I'm a paid... Uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, Sean. Thank you. I'm the collector. No, the we're whole... not. We're not signing off. Stop it. No, I, I was just saying like those are some of the closing the closeouts. That's the deal with games. You can find us online at WTG. No, why are you doing this? No, you cannot find us online on Twitter at WTG Podcast. You cannot find us online. We are no longer digital. Each episode comes in a physical box. Well, you have to kickstart the episodes now. And then I think that with with games. We'll give you the Kickstarter rewards a year later. You can only you can get these podcasts one year later, and they're physical. They're it is highly unlikely that any device that you own can play the discs, as it were, that contain each episode. Stone tablets. Also, You're the going... there's a there's a mini fig for every mm-hmm. podcaster. Um, the Kirby fig is buck naked, and you will have to uh, cement on my wanger do. The stonograph is a really hard device to find. I mean, what else do you guys have to say? Um, 200? 200? I've never done done 200 of anything. You haven't done 200 of this podcast, Sean. I've never done... What about 200 games of League? This is my first You have done 200 games of League, I would bet. I've done 196 games of League. I have not done 200. How do you do? You really know that on on hand? I don't no. believe you. Nope, absolutely not. Um, I guess the only thing I would want to say is thank you, Ryan Galway, and crying for the use of your music. We got the intro and outro revive off the new album Beyond the Fleeting Gales. You can find them at the Run for Cover Bandcamp. 
Thank you, listeners, for the use of your mortal Ears. energy. Um, your time on this earth spent listening to this, to this thing. Does that make you feel sad? Two hundred, or is there a listener out here who who has heard all two hundred? Maybe uh, Robot the robot. Our retention rate is absurd. How do you know that? Uh, because people that started listening. Um, Anyone that listened to the first 10 episodes, uh, 90% of those people have listened to the following 190. Do you and say that because those, largely the person, the people who listened to the first 10 episodes were me and James? doesn't really matter who's listening as long as someone is listening. Well, we got the Russian bot. We got the Yaga, the Yagsaran. We got Robert the Robot. We got we um, friend of the show, Mason's friend. We have some of your family. Some of my family and my LTCP. I'm the one contributing the most. Is Mason here anymore or is he just sleeping? LTCP. I'm in it to win it. He sleeps until the next podcast. Some little, little known lore fact. Mason gets into a coffin and he is awoken in exactly a week's time to podcast. Then he sl slumbers again. We're going to need the LTCP on the podcast on the record confirming whether or not they're okay with that terminology fair fair but true see you next week we just don't have it yet